All right. Hi, everybody. This is A7X Fan Ben with God Mason, and this is Pirate CSG Podcast, episode number 11. Today, we're going to cover some customs like we usually do on the odd-numbered episodes, and then we just have some other random topics to discuss to fill out the rest of the time. So we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, We're in uh, Custom Ships Organized version. We're just going to go through one custom from each uh, creator uh, from each post there. So I'll just start things right off. Um, Captain Bendari... Let's go over uh, Donovan Rictarian. He's got a link to the Russian Donovan. book, which I think we covered on a previous episode. This is a pirate crew, six points, and the ability says, on the turn the ship is pinned, you may eliminate a crew on or steal one treasure from the rammed ship. And uh, I would say this ability is probably worth maybe maybe three points, because um, I, don't, I don't think it's six. Definitely not. Um, I know Captain Jack Hawkins... Um, has that ability to eliminate a crew after being pinned for like one point because he's four points for as a named crew, named captain from Spanish Main. So I think this one could probably have the cost come way down in terms of how effective the ability is. Yeah, I agree because uh, the opposite one where you take one treasure is worth two or three points at the most. So you're looking at four points at the maximum for this? Yeah, something like mm-hmm. that. And I think it could go lower as a minimum. All right. Um, having gone through Vendari's, I think I'll uh, pick one out from Selvaxry. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Have we already talked about... Oh, Lord, I don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, sure, I'll do um, Polar Drill. Okay. Um, this is a smaller icebreaker. Uh, I guess he's the one who doesn't really do point costs. Is that correct? Yeah, yep. Yeah. I think this one is, uh, because I'm actually stalling for time because I haven't fully read the ability yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's move it so its stern is opposite where you rammed because it's an icebreaker. That's really strange, and I'm having trouble picturing that. Yeah. Yeah, it says, when, whenever this ship rams an iceberg, move it so its stern is opposite where you rammed. So it's, oh, I think it's, sort of go through it? Uh, Warp through it? Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. The only problem would be it would have to go more than through it, you know what I mean? It yeah. It would be overlapping the iceberg, the iceberg, so... Yeah, and also this uh, strikes me as something with a couple kind of strange rule caveats, such as, yeah. is this done before or after the iceberg is is rammed and destroyed or is this done is this i think it would be because like you would ram it and since it's an icebreaker the icebreaker is automatically eliminated eliminated and then you'd move the stern so you move the ship forward essentially so so you'd gain like an extra like ass movement or whatever Mm -hmm. from the length of the ship yeah another thing that i was thinking of is what if there are say icebergs that have butt up against each other what happens then yeah, that'd be tough too. Because then, uh, well, the, yeah, that would get weird. Free extra move. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because then you could chain them together, like chaining the ice breaking. You know what I mean? To break yeah. one, and then that extra movement would throw you into another one. You could break that. <laughs> That's great. You could, it's like it's like unlimited movement through like a polar ice field or something. Yeah. yeah. Although. <laughs> I have never played any games with super dense icebergs like that. I feel yeah. like you'd need a lot of them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Certainly way more than I have. I'd love yeah. to do that, though. 
Yeah, I, I haven't used them a ton, and I haven't seen a ton of like huge like clusters of birds for the most part. So, at first, I thought it was um, like almost like the wind catcher keyword that said move the stern opposite, but I guess like you could really interpret that a lot of different ways. So, I think the ability could be cleaned up uh, to improve it a bit. Yeah. I, I think that one, it needs some clarification. It's kind of interesting, but again, sort of like icebreakers, not actually that useful. Yep. Okay, so I'll move on to the next uh, next creator here is Xerix. Um, I'm going to go... I'm going to look at a, something from Fiends of the Blood Islands, which is his newest set. I'm going to take a look... Uh, I'm going to take a look at uh, La Furia del Infierno. Um, it's toward, sort of towards the bottom of the post. It's an 18.4 master. Uh-huh. Or 3 master, actually. Uh, for the That's Spanish. a lot for 3. What? That's quite a lot for 3. Mm-hmm. But I guess uh, it makes sense, given the ability. Yeah. Yeah, it's good cannons, 4 cargo, SS move, and then it's got the cargo wrecking ability, so every time the ship hits, you eliminate a cargo from the enemy ship. Um, I would say, if anything, it could come down. Mm-hmm. I would say the best comparison would be... Uh, the Asesino? Yeah, exactly, from Spanish Main. Um, very similar, just a little slower, but um, very similar. Yeah, very similar, just in general. I would say this one could be 15 or 14 points. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's a great ability, but that cost isn't really justified. Skipping on down, once I've figured out how long this page is. Yeah, it's huge. Kazador is the next one. Yeah. Okay, here comes Kazador. I still don't remember who it was who had all the Hyrule-inspired ones, that Legend of Zelda stuff. Oh, yeah, that was him, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, let's see. Uh, Bunker. Let's look at this one. It's a fort, actually. Um, it's got some pretty poor armament, and it's kind of expensive, uh, ships with a mercenary keyword may not be shot out while docked here. The fort may still be shot out. Uh, I don't see this doing all that much to make mercenaries more viable. Yeah, I think it's it's good as like a secret base. Um, so then you can not only repair them there, so you don't need ship rights, so you can kind of save mm-hmm. on cost there in the fleet build total, and and then yeah. they can't be shot out while docked there. So I think it's. It's great for the mercs, but... Um, I mean, I it, it does make some sense, and yeah. I can see tactical use for it, but really, mostly in bigger games. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I would say, I don't know, it seems almost a little bit extreme to me. Like, first of all, you can repair there, so you, you not only eliminate the need for shipwrights in the merc, in a merc fleet, but you also can't be... The mercenary keyword ships cannot be shot out while docked at that port. I feel like that both at the same time with one game piece is kind of extreme. I would say it could lose that ability um, and be like three gold, but and then you'd still be able to repair there, which is still really great for for the Mercs. Yeah, I don't actually feel that the uh, the thing where it blocks mercenary ships from being shot at is actually all that useful an ability. Okay, really? Huh. Yeah, just because you're not really gonna try to uh, to engage those while you're there. So honestly, the only thing that I can see somebody doing is sailing in to wreck the fort and then maybe taking the hit of having uh, having yeah. knocked out the only 
way for mercenaries to repair. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Take out the fort first, and then go after the ships mm-hmm. after. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then I'll go to the next page, which I think is you. I think you're the last one in the thread Lucky right me. now. Yeah. Okay. If there's anything you haven't seen in here and talked about, then let's do so. Mm-hmm. So I'll yeah. let you pick. Yeah, let me try to find something interesting. Uh, okay, I'm going to go... Well, this one looks interesting. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's the French six-massive junk. Um, it ends in Garzy. I don't know if that's how you pronounce that. That's a reference to a really bad show. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so it's basically... Oh, don't mind a, that. Yeah, it's basically a French six-masted junk. Uh, 13 points, three cargo, S move. Decent, you know, mediocre cannons at the front, and then five L's at the back. And then the second ability is this ship gets plus L to her base move while towing, which I really like. Um, it's pretty cool. So, I mean, with a helmsman, this thing is going to go SS, you know, as maybe kind of a kind of a weird gunship, really. I mean, it's not great, but with the right crew, I would want to put um, Gentile de la Barbanai on there to increase uh, all those cannon ranks, which would be good. And then maybe Captain Helmsman. Um, it would be slow, but decent. And then it would be good It would be good in larger games uh, for towing derelicts. Uh, for tow- like a, Kind of like a, a towing ship that could defend um, whatever prize she's captured she's got six masts versus most ships that are, you know, kind of like tugboats usually are like the smaller ones, like one or two mm. masters. Um, but other than that, or I, I kind of good for flotillas. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was going to ask about that. Um, cause flotillas specifically say that like movement bonuses can't apply when towing them. But if mm. I would say you might want to add like something at the end of the ability saying that, um, like, including flotillas, just, like, in, in parentheses or something. Just to clear yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise, I it, it wouldn't really make itself an exception to the rule. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And in yeah, that case, a... in that case, yeah, SL with a flotilla, then you'd have, with Mont Blanc, um, you'd have 10 guns going around at SL, which is great. So At nearly the durability of a 10 master and less yeah. uh, a lesser cost. Not quite the firepower, though. Yeah. Yeah. And then I like how um, I like how the extended range of the flotilla in that case would make up for how it's going to be way behind. Like with a six master, the flotilla is going to be way behind um, the ships that are, you know, going to be being encountered. Because a lot of times the bow cannons matter most because they fire first when you're going after somebody. But then the extended range at the back would help make up for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is there anybody after me in this post? No, it doesn't look like it. Yeah, we can move yeah. on to Zarek's uh, English. Yeah, so we're going to do the next faction. Um, Return right. to Jones, Zarek's custom set. I'll let you start it off, and we're under the English now. All right. Black Knight is the first on the list. I'm wondering if that's a Monty Python reference at all. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it is, having read the ability now. Okay, yeah. Yeah, um, if anybody doesn't get it, watch Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Basically, um, it's the Black Knight saying, oh, it's just a flesh wound, as it loses its, uh, as it loses a limb or two. Yeah, I think I know that now. But, uh, yeah, ignoring the first hit she takes as long as she has all her masks. Yeah, that's that joke. As far as being a ship, 
Mm, that doesn't look to be anything stellar, but yeah. also doesn't look like it has anything all that, you know, anything wrong. It might be a point or two a bit cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say so, yeah. For broadside's attack, um, kind of just mad in that case. But yeah, the nice defense ability. I think it's a, it's a pretty solid gunship. I kind of like how maybe once the ship gets into some intense combat and maybe has like two or three mass lists, you could um, you would lose those three S cannons first, and at that point the BA would hit on a you know on a three or higher, which would be nice. So like I wouldn't use broadside with five mass, but maybe two or three on this one would be where you could actually use it. So yeah, it might be. From how WizKids priced things, this one might have been like 18 or so in their book, but I think 16 is fine because BA mm-hmm. was overpriced in the first place. So, yeah, yeah, it's a pretty good ship. Um, next one, HMS Juggernaut. This one, 18 points, 4 mass, 5 cargo L movement, great cannons, 4 masted, wow, 4 masted schooner that costs 18 points. Uh, and then it has a cannon bonus against the pirates. So, pretty Why? Cool, but. <laughs> Why? Overall, the one thing WizKids kept doing wrong over and over again, and you bring it <laughs> into your custom set. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of flavor reasons for it. Like, the captain has always been a pirate hater, stuff like that. Um, yeah. I would say, I don't know, this one seems too expensive. It's kind of the opposite. I would say to switch the costs, I would say maybe the Black Knight should be 18 and the Juggernaut should be 16. I definitely wouldn't want to pay 18 for the Juggernaut. I'm thinking about, like, HMS Durham faster same cargo yeah guns i don't know i mean it's a good ship but it's it's not 18 i think i think you should just you should reverse the costs of these two yeah you can get enterprise for 18 yeah true yeah so consider that yeah or or hms same faction hms titan for 17 so oh no no oh yeah same as this faction right yeah right right. i was thinking hms american hmm Um, yeah, I, I've got the same feelings as you, just far too expensive considering what else is available among just this faction. Mm -hmm. Not terrible, but not the amount I'd ever pay for it. Um, moving on to one that you may, uh, you may like just because it's, uh, it's named for, you know, um, HMS Benjamin. Uh, this, I guess, is an honest-to-God English gold runner, but hmm. it's pretty expensive, and I don't know. I'm not sure I'd use it over La Jolla del Sol. Yeah. Yeah, probably not. I think it's... I don't know. I think it's too good. Um, I'm hesitant to put the, the plus-two gold ability on ships in general. Um and then the English never got a ship with more than... Oh, I didn't see that one. I didn't scroll to the right. Yeah. Yeah, it's got the explorability and the plus two gold yeah. ability, along with solid move and it whopping seven cargo spaces. Um, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I can't remember if the English got anything above six cargo. Um, and this one's only a four master. It's almost like maybe, maybe I don't know if there's... There's not flavor text in the spreadsheet, but um, maybe we can pretend that it's like a renamed captured Spanish ship or something. Um, but other than that, uh, it's almost kind of too good. I'm just very hesitant about that plus two gold bonus ability. I'd, maybe the cargo could go to six or lose the plus two ability and do everything else the same. 
Um, but it's a really great English Gold Runner, which of course they didn't really get many of those uh, in the released stuff. Moving on, HMS York, uh, 15 points, 4 mass, 5 cargo, L movement, average cannons, steamship, um, which means, let me just make sure I got this right, go back to the keywords real quick. Steamship, uh, this ship gets plus L to her printed base move, Helmsman may not be assigned to this ship. So basically, it has LL movement, but can't go faster than that for the Helmsman. Uh, and it has, oh great, it has the SAT built in. Um, yeah, I find, I know 15 points with that much cargo, it's too far too cheap. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't see that happening. Um, I mean, the cannons aren't great, but I think that's too good. Because you have, like, basically the two abilities, um, like, quadruples the speed. So you have the potential for 4L movement without adding any crew for 15 points. That just doesn't really make a lot of sense. It would be a great hybrid, but it really needs to be, like, 20 points or maybe lose the SAT ability. Yeah. Like 17 or 18 points, but it's yeah. as is. Yeah. I agree. I mean, even if you, say, threw on a re-roller and uh, Mysterious Islands version of Hermione Gold, you, you've got something that's basically game-breaking. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All right. On to Bayonet, which is I've noticed a lot of uh, a lot of uh, these ships seem to be pretty expensive, even the ones marked as hypothetically common. This yeah. one, for example, is fifteen points. Uh, what's this blockade runner keyword again? Uh, uh, it says uh, the ship gets plus one right, for yeah. ramming and boarding rolls. Yeah, I've never really been a fan of adding all sorts of new keywords. If there's one big critique I'd have of this set, it's that it kind of relies on introducing too many new keywords into uh, into the game, too many things to keep track of. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, all the other sets really did it at one, two, or three at a time. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, this... I guess it's... It's... Pr- it is a really good three-masted ship, although it is expensive. Yeah. Um, maybe could go a little bit cheaper, though. Yeah. Yeah, I generally two. agree with that. I don't think less than 14. Um, it is quite good, but I think 14 could work. I don't really have much else to say. It's good. Reminds me like the... almost Well, not, it's not that similar, but it reminds me of like the Jarvis, an American three-masted schooner that's a very good ship, but this cost can hold her back sometimes. Next one, RMS Micron, probably named after the crew. Uh, mm-hmm. This one's 10 points, 2 mass, 4 cargo, SS move, 4 L cannons. Uh, and then it has the reroll ability built in. So this one's pretty basic, not as exciting as some of the other ships, which is totally fine. Um, I like it kind of, I mean, it's not it's not really that great. Um, I don't know what I would do with it. I'm thinking maybe SAT and that's it. Like Sir Christopher well, Sat and Ismail. What was that? Sat and first mate Ismail. Yeah, that could work. Yeah, then you still have the four cargo. Yeah, and run gold. Yeah, I think that could work. Even then, mm, I think yeah. you'd be better off doing uh, Helmsman at first mate Ismail because I think your odds would be slightly higher. Yeah. Or yeah. wait, yeah. or maybe they'd be tad. Uh, yeah. They'd be like a had last or slightly slower base move, but you'd save a point. Yeah. I would say maybe um, reroll is a three-point ability, so if you imagine this at seven points, it's a decent gold runner for the English, but I'm thinking about HMS Hound SL movement with a better, or with a with an ability of its own. 
uh, mm-hmm. seven. So, so I think I think nine points could work. Maybe even eight. That gets a little cheap, but maybe the cost will come down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, nine points is probably a good one. Um, HMS Stout is. Oh, it says that battleship thing. Let's let's go back and figure out what that says. Yeah. Um, oh, two shots per mast and the extended range keyword. I'm not a fan. I think that ability is too powerful. Even though this is kind of kind of a mediocre ship for the most part, I think the keyword is too powerful. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, in this case. Um, in this case, it's not as bad as the other ones. There's much worse offenders, as we've seen a few other ones with the same keyword. Here, it's priced appropriately. I've noticed the curse got like a discount on this keyword, which is kind of extreme. Um, and some of the other factions, it was actually priced appropriately. But I don't really, I don't really disagree with what you said. It's kind of, kind of crazy. So you get like four. That's four shots, at SS range, um, almost like a flotilla. Okay. In this case, it's a moving flotilla, is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so moving on to the crew Captain Nathaniel Hamilton, yeah. linked to HMS Juggernaut, which was that four masted schooner that we thought should be 16 points instead of 18. For seven points, you get the keywords uh, Helmsman and Master Gunner. Uh, Master Gunner. Uh, oh, it's a, oh, it's top. Uh, at the beginning of each of your turns, roll a d6. On a five, the ship gains extended range. <laughs> On a six, one of her cannons may shoot twice. Um, what I would mm. say, I think five points could work for that ability. It's kind of like cannoneer, maybe, with a chance of ER extended range. I think, kind of like here, though, the better the better effect is on a five, which I don't, I don't know, it just seems kind of counterintuitive. So I think the extended range should happen on a six, because um, that would be more exciting and better than the cannoneer ability. Um, I think yeah. points for this guy is okay. Um, it's I don't know. I, I don't think I would use him that, a lot, though. I don't think I would ever. Yeah. Uh, I I don't really like the keyword. I think obviously while RNG does add some replayability, it also can make an individual game a bit more frustrating at times. Yeah. Yeah. So get it. Yeah. So yeah, I think just by virtue of kind of not really being able to rely on it. Mm-hmm. I think this would go pretty much unused no matter what cost you put it at. Yeah. I mean, if it was three or four, probably, but at an appropriate cost, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, Commander Anderson is <laughs> 14 points. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, another keyword that we've got to go back and look up. Yeah, holy sword. Oh, yeah, this one's weird. It's fun. Cancel any two crew abilities in play when you get a certain role. No. No, not only is that not only is that RNG reliant, it's faction-specific. Yeah. It's incredibly yeah, that's, that's expensive. That's like really favorite combination. <laughs> yeah, oh, and it's already got an ability that I found to be overpriced as yeah. is, so... I, yeah, that I, yeah, as the crew massacre ability too, which is, I think should be maybe five instead of seven. Um, yeah. Although, wait a minute, this um, this was done by Xerax, correct? Yeah. Um, Xerax, let me know if this is a reference to uh, Helsing Ultimate, because that's the impression I get. Okay. Um, um, you were saying though. 
Yeah, I think Holy Sword is kind of funny. What I do like about it, I have to admit, uh, he, the Cursed are his favorite faction along with the Spanish. So, and he made the curse pretty OP in the set, overpowered like we saw. Um, but I think Holy Sword, he at least tried to uh, rein them in a little bit with a keyword like this. Um, I mean, you could cancel like Davy Jones or or some crazy, some crazy curse crew or ship ability. So, I mean, you have to get the roll, but I don't know. I mean, it doesn't work great as a crew. I'm not saying I like the crew a lot, but I'm. The one thing I like about it is how it can kind of combat how OP the Cursed are as of now in this set. Uh, the next one, Admiral Walter Balthazar. Uh, seven points. Um, same action twice. And crew can't be unless, unless the ship sinks. So crew protect. I actually it's don't like generic. I just, But it, the problem I have with it is it's a direct copy. So Commander Spencer Portland from Davy Jones Curse has the exact same two abilities for seven points so i don't mm. like how it's a clone i think he needs to just do something else even if you have like doctor with extra action for like eight points or like some discount or, or just do something else with him i just think it's boring that it's like a direct clone yeah there are so many uh there's so many iterations on this between factions already that i think there's not really much to say about it yeah so I'm going to move on to Thomas Gunn III, um, which is a combination of a captain and a cargo master, which, if I'm correct, means that he doesn't take up any space either. Yep. Mm, I I think we can agree that cargo master is absurdly powerful. Yeah. I personally think that the solution is to put limit and ransom on the crew, whether or not you do. Yeah, I I'm more in favor of, like, a limit on the actual ability. Like, give, like, at the beginning of the game, reveal this crew and choose up to three ships of the same nationality. They get plus one cargo spaces. And and then the crew, the cargo master could still not take up space. I just, I just don't like... Even with limit and ransom, in a campaign game or a huge game, things like that, it becomes just keep very them away. broken. Yeah, yeah, because I don't like yeah. unlimited bonuses, sort of. So. That's... At the same time, I think that extending the ability to a limited number of ships would mean that you have to remember which, which yeah. yeah, specifically, which I can see becoming maybe an even bigger problem in the yeah. large game. Oh, um, I know. That's why I would keep it at three. Not like, I don't know. Like, and you can't increase the number. Yeah. But I think uh, I would like put a token on the ship's deck plate or maybe I'm thinking like a face up coin. Um, or multiple coins with like a 10 master, but like, let's say it has four yeah. cargo, but like a five coin face up on the cargo number on the deck plate or something. Um, but anyway, um, okay. So I'll move on. Commodore William Cobb, six points linked to the RMS Micron, which was that re-rolling 10. Oh, yeah. Um, this one. Oh, okay. I see the combo here. It has the Admiral action ability. So on a six, you get to give any ship in your fleet two actions that turn, so that pairs perfectly with the reroll. So it's a nice link, and then it doesn't. He essentially doesn't take up space. Adds one and subtracts one. Um, so it's a it's a great link. Um, so then, yeah, maybe we wouldn't put SAT on the micron. Then you could use the link, and then maybe a helmsman. Um, yeah. Yeah, I I think it's an interesting one, but I again. I'm not super enthused by it because it's just not that interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. another 
it's another clone because the English already had two of these crew, Beckett and uh, Cargo Owen from uh, Crimson Coast. So it's another yeah. clone. Yeah. Um, I. What is it? I don't think that there are any that are linked. But that doesn't, to me, excuse sort of a clone as you describe it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, custom yeah. sets, if you're going to make a custom, it'd be more interesting to do something with it. Uh, and and two, Admiral Action Crew is enough for a faction. No, no faction has more than two. So the English already had an advantage there. They don't really need another one, in my opinion. Mm. But, um, okay, so next I'm going to talk about uh, one specific custom from El Cazador. He wanted me to check this one out. Um, it's from his custom set called Pirates of the Great Sea. Um, it's a mail-away, limited edition, hoist, number 316, the Death's Hook. It's cursed, 18 points, 3 masts, a hoist, 4 cargo, so very low for a hoist compared to the other ones. The cannons are 3S, 3L, 3S, L-base move. It has the hoist keyword and eternal, and then it has a, an interesting variation on the gold capture ability. It says, when the ship is given a move action, the ship's hoist may be removed. If the ship's hoist touches another ship, that ship is considered boarded. If the ship wins a boarding party, she can capture the crew with the highest point cost instead of eliminating it. And the captured crew becomes cargo worth its point cost in gold when unloaded at your home island. Um, so it's quite an interesting little take on the, the gold capture ability. Um, I think it's I think it's fine. I'm glad the cargo's not higher, so it's not, it's not much of a hybrid. Um... And it's an interesting way for the curse to get gold. Um, in a standard game, it might be pretty tough to use because it takes up almost half your build total without even adding crew. And then in a smaller game, there's probably not going to be that many great game crew to capture. Um, I think it's I think it's a pretty cool ship, though. I think it's I think it's a good way to give the curse a hoist. I guess. I like it, but my objection is that a lot of the time these crew capture ships or a lot of ships that seem to emphasize boarding as a playstyle end up far too slow to catch anything. Yeah. I mean, I guess the idea might be that you go after a warship that's got a really expensive crew, but the odds of surviving that encounter with only an L move seem pretty low. Yeah. Yeah, it's not too durable too, but it has eternal to help it with that. Um mm, that's true and yeah. uh so you well, you'd basically have to throw an oarsman on board uh, to prevent yourself from being captured instead of yeah. sent home after being sunk, which might be the idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, an alternative is, uh, the, if that's what's in mind, uh, the the sort of, not keyword, the ability from Libelul could be added. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the sort of self-terminating thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like the idea, but I think it needs work. Yeah. All right, next, uh, if you wanted to talk about the pirate movies and things like that, you can go ahead. Yeah, I thought about this earlier today because I realized that it's it's something that you'd expect to have gotten a lot more attention on the Miniature Trading Forum. But aside from the uh, the big franchise of Pirates of the Caribbean, I wanted to talk about other seafaring age of sail type of movies, fantasy or not, that we all know and love, and in some cases might like to suggest to each other. Um, 
the first one I'd like to start off is uh, Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World. Have you seen yes. that one? I have, actually, yes. I saw it, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe five or six years ago. I thought it was yeah. quite good. Um, to me, I expected a little more from it. It's a very good movie. I just expected more action. Um, it was a little more drama and, like, you know, uh, whatever it's called, like, the char- characterization and stuff like that and exploration um, than I was expecting. I still like the movie, but the beginning and end were my favorites with like the combat, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's, I I mean, I liked it not just because of that, but also because it's a somewhat realistic portrayal. I, I think of what life on a ship would be relative to a lot of the films that, well, a lot of the other age of sail films out there that I'm aware of. Yeah. Like, for example, I don't think you could consider Pirates of the Caribbean a pretty <laughs> typical representation of oh, yeah. what... I know, and that's I think that was part of my problem, too, because I expected uh, more from it. Um, I think Pirates kind of spoiled me, because they're just such a fantastic adventure, and I've seen them mm-hmm. since I was a kid. I saw those first, of course, so, so I think I was a little spoiled from Pirates. I mean, I think knowing what you know now about the film, rewatching it may be a decent idea. Yeah. So your expectations are a little bit more metered, and you might find you like it more, maybe less. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But um, I I know they're based on a series of the book itself is based on a novel that was part of a series yep. of seafaring novels called Master and Commander. Mm-hmm. My dad has a huge set of them, but I haven't actually gotten to reading them. Yeah. Yeah, I've always, I've, I had heard about those for a while. I've read a lot of nonfiction books um, about the Age of Sail. I love that. I like that more than like the historical fiction, but um, like the Aubrey Maturin series, um, that's kind of been on my radar for a while. So hopefully I'll get around to it someday, but mm-hmm. I haven't really read it either. So. Okay. Um, are there any films that you would like to talk about that you can think of? Honestly, not really from a naval perspective. I have this weird thing where I don't enjoy that many movies made before like 2000 or 1995. It's just a weird mm-hmm. quirk with me. I don't know. I don't like like the cinematography of it and like some of the, the lack of special effects. Again, like I think I just got spoiled with our generation of, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, it, CGI. It, yeah, not only that, but like the technology and uh, honestly, just the, the epicness of movies over the past 20 years has been you know, almost like, like, uh, some kind of gift. I feel, I feel, it feels good to be alive in this era of movies. I don't, I know that sounds weird, but like, I just think of it as like Lord of the Rings started, like I think 2001. And since then it's just like series after series and movie after movie of like craziness and like epic stuff, like Lord of the Rings, parts of the Caribbean, like Harry Potter. Um, I actually like the Hobbit movies a lot. Um, and then just other ones like Troy and stuff like that. I just, I don't know. I don't think I have any other like naval movies that I've really seen that I can mention though. There's definitely ones I'd like to watch and I I could still be open to watching some of the older like classic pirate movies, but I haven't seen them yet. I'm guessing then it, for multiple reasons, not only because it's an older film, but also because it features some uh, couple things that you probably weren't excited to see arrive in the game. That you don't like twenty thousand leagues under the sea. I that's one that's of course been on my radar for a while, ever since like I knew about Mysterious Islands and probably before that. Um, that's one I might, I think I would still enjoy it, um, and I might read the book sometime. 
Um, yeah, it's just kind of like the Aubrey Maturian stuff. It's just something I'd like to do someday. Yeah. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, so wait, you, sorry, did you say you had seen the film or had not? No, no, I haven't seen the, the no? movie or read the book. I'd like to, I'd like to do at least one, if not both, someday. I mean, I'm assuming you're already aware that the aesthetic of the submarines was based on those, uh, yeah. based on the novels of the Disney film. Yep, exactly. Um, one thing I'd like to add, um, an interesting piece of, actually a couple interesting pieces of trivia. In the in the book 20,000 Leagues, Jules Verne somehow managed to predict exactly how modern nuclear submarines work. Because I remember there's a scene in the engine room, something like it runs off of the power of the universe, which is, uh, I guess, basically to say it runs off a nuclear reactor. Mm -hmm. And then he even figured out that modern submarines would submerge and then resurface by pumping air ballast into tanks and he predicted a lot of really strange stuff not everything was all that accurate like the uh the conqueror story mm-hmm. if you know anything about that not really mm-hmm. um i think it's sort of mentioned in passing and that gets me to another piece of uh of trivia which is that uh, at least one of jules verne's books is canon in the Pirates universe. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. as far as I know, I pay a little bit more attention to the canon than you do, considering I started a wiki on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can I can post a link to what I discovered, but it basically seems that there's some sort of airship that uh, it's basically mentioned in passing, but doesn't really have any effect in the game story. Yeah. 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 I like the flavor text a lot. Um, and I'd like to like follow it more. I've read a ton of flavor text. I just I have trouble remembering it, and I've spent so much time playing that sometimes uh, kind of goes over my head. So, um, but yeah, that wiki is cool. I've seen you you've updated it um, a little bit too since you made it. So it's a really good idea. Yeah, only a couple times though, because yeah. my problem is I can start big projects and just kind of burn out on them quickly. Yeah, that's understandable. Yep. So if anybody out there would like to help fill in this wiki, uh... <laughs> yep. Uh, okay, so any other films you want to say talk about or no? There are none others. Uh, oh, wait, there's one. It's not strictly an Age of Sail type of film. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen The Goonies? No, actually. <laughs> no. Oh, oh, that is one you need to see because it's <laughs> it's just it's a story about a bunch of kids in Oregon or wherever. We're looking for the baby gold. Mm-hmm. Nice. And there's a lot of immature humor throughout the film, so yeah. that's that's a plus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, actually, while we could conclude it, uh, have you seen uh, Dead Men Tell No Tales? I have actually. We might as well take a chance to talk about the whole Pirates of the Caribbean franchise now that the topic is yeah. sort of up. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, um, so spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie, uh, watch out, obviously, but it's been a while, so six mm-hmm. months to the, wow, I think, you know what, I think it's six months to the day, I think it was May 26th, um, but anyway, mm-hmm. I, I outlined my thoughts on the movie, the new one, in the thread, um, I was a little disappointed, I thought the trailers were amazing, but it kind of got me a little too hyped, I was a little disappointed with the film itself, I still love it, 
I still think it was an amazing movie. It's great. They could make almost any Pirates of the Caribbean movie, and I'd pretty much love it. Um, I'm a huge fan of pretty much all the movies. Um, I think the biggest problems, um, it, was, it felt pretty fast-paced and kind of all over the place at times, and I feel like they wasted their star power because uh, Orlando Bloom, Keira Knightley, and Paul McCartney got like five minutes of combined screen time, which I thought was pretty ridiculous, and especially considering that in my opinion, the new actors, the new, like, love story or whatever, I thought they were a little disappointing. Um, I liked Karina more than uh, Henry, but I didn't, neither of them really wowed me that much. So I think that was my biggest issue with it. Yeah, I think that romance subplot, it wasn't, they sort of struggled with splitting screen time between that and the existing cast of characters. Yeah. I think it didn't work out all that well. It was enjoyable at times, but I preferred much of the sort of original cast action. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about them killing off a pretty important character to the franchise. Yeah. But they did so in a way that at least felt satisfying. I'll give them that. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. Um, I'd say it was definitely better than the fourth film, though. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree with that. I just feel like uh, Barbosa, the reveal, the family reveal thing kind of happened late in the movie, too. So it was kind of, like it explains, it's like sacrifice, but I don't know. felt kind of lame to me. Kind of like, kind of like last minute, like all of a sudden there's this like family connection and then like he dies, like, you know, well, I don't know what that was, maybe like 20 or 30 minutes later or something like that. I thought it was pretty heavily alluded to basically for much of the film, although never uh, never all that strongly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, it, I mean, now that I mentioned the fourth film, I'm just going to kind of push things this way. Mm-hmm. Where do you think that one went wrong? Um, I think uh, the cast is one thing, because um, they, mm. they weren't able to bring back a lot of their best people. And then, um, I've, I've, uh, I've seen other people say that Jack can't carry a movie by himself like he used to. I kind of disagree. I think he's great, but, um, I thought it was just, I don't know, it felt kind of lame. Some parts of it, like Blackbeard felt a little bit underwhelming. Um, I thought the whole mermaid love story thing was even worse than in the fifth one. I mean, it, it actually... It, yeah, it, it, and that one didn't weird. even get a good ending. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, I felt like that one in the fourth one um, was actually, it felt more real. I don't know, I didn't feel like Henry and Karina had a good connection, but I, the fourth one felt more real, but it felt completely irrelevant and totally, it's just so forced, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and also, uh, when I say we didn't get a good ending, I don't think we got one, because yeah. I'm not even sure what they were trying to imply when she grabbed him and pulled him underwater. Oh, yeah. Was she trying to save him, or was she just going to eat him? Yeah, no, that was weird. I know, I thought that was strange, too, because it seems like she's going to, like, heal him or whatever, but I don't know if the other mermaids would be okay with that. I don't know, it's pretty strange. No. Yeah, I, I think the unresolved nature of that was not satisfying, and yeah. I also think they tried too hard to one-up their past action sequences. Mm-hmm. With the whole, oh, we're doing these hijinks in uh, in the presence of the King of England. Oh, yeah, yeah. which which didn't really work. I yeah. I thought that the sort of bank heist thing at the <laughs> beginning of the fifth film was uh, it 
that one was utterly silly, but it, I mean, it's basically, oh my God, wait, wasn't that in the fifth Fast and the Furious film yeah, as well? Yeah, I just thought about that, yeah. Wait yeah. a minute, can we predict the sixth film's plot yeah, by maybe. going and looking at, at what happened in Fast 6? Yeah, probably. Well, they don't have um, airplanes in the 1700s. Don't so challenge them. Don't yeah. challenge them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I'd be Jack nice. will find a way. Yeah. Deus Ex Machina, some sails, and a lot of wind. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, I didn't think that, that was a bad scene. It didn't feel like they were trying way too hard. Um, obviously, you know, they were trying to be flashy, but it didn't, it didn't feel like, oh, look, we're trying to one-up everything we've done before. Yeah. And then the other thing about the fourth one that disappointed me was that um, I can't remember, like, uh, like there was almost, like, no... This is kind of, like, weirdly specific, but there weren't, like, cannon shots. You know what I mean? Like, there was no ship battle, and there were hard, there was no, like, big-time combat. So, and after... That the third sounds one, right, yeah. Yeah, the third one was the opposite. It was crazy, and the maelstrom... I, I, I understood they couldn't top that, but... And for me, it was a weird experience where... The fourth, going into the fourth one, I had read about how, you know, I knew the cast was different. A lot of people were gone um, and maybe wouldn't be back. Um, and then also that it said something about how they had a lower budget, which ended up being higher than the third one. But going into the movie, I understood that like with a lower budget and a worse cast, like my expectations were lower. So I was actually, I don't, I didn't think it was like way better than my expectations, but I was a little bit pleasantly surprised. And then the fifth one was the opposite, because the cast was amazing, or should have been, if they got, you know, if people got the appropriate screen time. Um, but then, and the previews were wicked good, but then the movie was a little a little bit disappointing for me. Yeah, I think from here, there's probably only so much they can do with the franchise, given that the cast is aging, mm-hmm. um, they all have varying levels of interest in continuing the story. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Depp's getting older. Uh, they're gradually killing off characters. It, it's almost a matter of time before they have to sort of end it with dignity. Yeah. I mean, it could almost be done in a way that, that calls forward, um, 20,000 leagues or something because I'd like that I'd love to see more of the Nautilus but you know that's just me kind of fantasizing about seeing more of that beautiful submarine yeah <laughs> yeah I think it was I was surprised by the ending that like the after credits scene um hinting at Davy Jones returning but I don't know that yeah. would be a little weird to me um I mean uh, Davy Jones is a great villain but um I don't really know if they're really gonna try to make a sixth one I hope they do I mean, I'd, I I would want them to make you know ten movies. I would watch them all, but I would probably love them all. But but yeah, you have you have some good points there too. So we'll see. I think I think they will try to make a sixth film, and I I sort of hope that they don't try to bring back Davy Jones because yeah. it felt like that plot was already resolved oh, and it would feel yeah. really forced. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that ending was great. Um, the end of the third one. Yeah. Um, okay, that's, so, that's that's about all I have to say about yeah, that. Was <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, we might probably have more to say some other time. But um, next, uh, so I did some research recently and um, did some digging, as I call it, on the forum. And um, 
that has to do with uh, the future of pirates. Um, so I went on the last year. I found some sites where um, I I think I found the pirates patent or the patent um, that has to do with pirates. Um, and apparently the fees have been paid again. So it looks like NECA, NECA have renewed that patent. This is all assuming I have the right patent, which is not uh, a guarantee, but nobody else has, um, you know, helped me with it, which is fine. It's confusing and strange and legal work is uh, boring by default. Um, but basically, um, looking at like a patent term calculator, uh, most patents expires 20 years after the filing date. Um, and in which case, um, this particular patent would ex would hopefully expire for good um, September 13th, 2022. So if that's actually the one that pertains to Pirate CSG, um, I don't know what would happen at that point, but it's pretty interesting to think about. Yeah, I mean, if you really did try to revive things, would you go the digital route if you if you didn't really have the choice to put it back into print? Yeah, I would be willing to do either or both. I I love the thought of both, um, but if I couldn't do physical, I'd oh, I still want to do digital. Yeah, and yeah, after I mean, even vast, I'm I'm fine with Vassal. So I mean, imagine an improvement over that. I'd be overjoyed, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I I just think, like, given the existing canon, it might almost... You'd want to figure out how much of the original series uh, you could use. Yeah. 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 Or, you know, you could go out of your way and talk to Mike Selinker about doing some sort of reboot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, total reboot, new characters, new everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely want to... Uh, change a lot of the rules and i'm actually starting either around christmas time or in january i'm going to start uh kind of restart working on a big rules thread eventually or, or not a thread sorry uh rules survey and then from that we're gonna we're gonna see what people think about the rules and what people would want to change and stuff a lot of people when i in the first survey um the biggest complaint about the game a lot of people had was the rules and I think the fragility of the ships was the other one, in which case the digital a digital game would fix that problem. But um, but yeah, the rules need at least some changes, without a doubt, if not quite a bit. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't restart exactly the same, definitely. But but yeah, as close to the original as possible would be to what I would prefer. I think flavor wise, I think it would be okay to to reuse some stuff. I think some characters have had enough, you know, versions as far as crew go. But um, I think there's still stories to be told. <laughs> Sounds kind of cliche or something. But uh, but I think I think the continuation of the story in general would be fun too, so, especially for the people who've been in it for a while. Yeah, and if anything, a whole restructuring that kind of fixes where WizKids went astray would be very much obliged. I mean, yeah. I'm guessing that large portions of some of the weaker sets, uh, Rise of the Fiends, Frozen North, and Ocean's Edge, yeah. uh, as well as parts of things like Mysterious Islands, could be cut out entirely, because it would be so much work to redesign most of them to be decent ships. Yeah, yeah, and I think... Uh Reminds me of uh, the Sony Online Entertainment game, SOE Online, because uh, mm -hmm. they only had, like, four or five sets, I want to say, 
so if we did, if there was something like that happened where it was a digital format and the old sets were available, um, I don't know if there wouldn't be, you know, a huge priority on getting fire and steel out there compared to the other ones. So if, if, if we need to save costs, we could release like the best five or six sets, um, as like the older ones and then concentrate on newer ones from there or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think some of, some of the, uh, the post DJC content could be included. Yeah. No, but too. it would have to be vetted pretty heavily yeah. because I know you weren't really a fan of the introduction of things like submarines or pokey ships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, but there's a lot of mediocre ships like post mm-hmm. DJC, like FN, Mostly, yeah. I find most of them in Fire and Steel, but there's plenty in... Oh, Fire yeah, Steel. there's a lot in Fire and Steel. Yeah, yeah, and we're going to get... That's one of the worst sets. Yeah, we're going to get to that on the set review, so we'll see. We'll see yeah. later. I'm Although, next, next set review is South China Seas. Yeah, that's going to be amazing. That's one of my favorite oh, sets yes. ever. That's going to be yeah. a while. <laughs> yeah. I might have to uh, set some drinks aside for that, because <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have some fun that night. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a super balanced set too, and one of my favorites <laughs> since I acquired a bunch of it. Um, yeah, I think I've gotten a, a complete base set of it at last. Nice, that's great. Which I never expected I'd ever be able to do until we found the Kelsor thing. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think I have something like that. Um, I don't know if I'm missing one or two. I might be, but I can't remember. So anyway, um, and then. Okay, so the last couple topics here, um, I did. I don't know if you saw my post. I have a there's a thread called Strategy Gameplay Discussion Thread, and basically, yesterday I was starting a miniature review on a mysterious island. It's my favorite mysterious island in the game, number two. Um, basically, you roll for effect when you dock at a mysterious island, and usually. Well, always. The negative effect happens on a 1 or 2, 3, 4, no effect, 5 or 6, positive effect. On this island, you roll a 5 or 6, it says move an opposing ship using this ship's base move. So you can start throwing ships around. So this is like the kind of the idea behind my mind control strategy, which is my favorite gimmick. And I'm going to post this miniature review. I had to check on a few rules things, and Wolf has cleared them up. Um... Right before the podcast started, he cleared those up, and now he's he's kind of outruled this this loop thing. <laughs> but if you want to go to the post on the forum, it's in there. I have read that. Yeah, you did see that? Yeah. So mm-hmm. he, he basically said you can't do it, but I had to... I didn't want to post it in the rules thread, because he would just, like... I wouldn't be like, oh, is this okay? Like, I was too excited and amused last night when I, when I kind of discovered it to just, like, pose it as a question. I wanted to, like, make it, like, a, a funny big deal. Um, basically, if it worked, you would use Davy Jones to roll a six, and then you can move an enemy ship into this mysterious island, and then Runes of Thor combined with Nemo's plans lets you roll sixes at will, and then you can, uh, you can have their ship roll a six at the island, and then that, and then you can use that to move your ship into the island, and then they get a six, and then it just keeps going back and forth, so it, you get locked into this infinite loop of just moving back and forth to the island. Um, but yeah, so basically the problem though, is that you're not supposed to be able to make rolls, um, for ships that aren't like in your fleet. Um, so, and then it says, and then Wolf in the thread also said, so you couldn't use a ship opposing to you to move your own ship. That doesn't really make sense. So 
if you thought of it in like a loose way of thinking, like, you know, now I control your ship. So my original ship is opposing to me for now. And then it keeps switching back and forth. But it's, um, but yeah, like if you, you could kind of, you could kind of like try to explain to your opponent that it works, but it doesn't. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty nasty. I like the idea of combining Nemo's plans with uh, runes of Loki. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> because especially that would... Yeah, especially at like an island like this. Yeah, you'd like lose all their math. <laughs> even that, like, if you got that combination working in a really big game, yeah. they would basically have to give up and just go for a gold win. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Exactly. And if Mysterious Islands were in play, then they'd have to just give up and go for an early loss. Yeah. Yeah, that or um, just try to explore islands to see if you can find, like, Karmic Idol to, like, knock out UTs because um, it, like, eliminates space-up UTs from the game. Or um, you get, like, Pandora's Box, and that lets you bring in UTs from outside the game. So you could use that to get Karmic Idol or maybe, like, Jailhouse Dog, which is basically mm-hmm. a UT, like, canceler that takes out one specific UT of your choice when you reveal it. Um, yeah. yeah, that would be that would be really brutal. <laughs> or you could maybe, if you could get, I don't know. Oh no, because you lose. Oh, I was gonna say you could board the ship with those, but then they could port the boarding while they go to a one. So you'd need like a ten master to steal it back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think. Uh, yeah, I I think that the whole Nemo's plans thing is so boned that. It probably should have never been put in, but it does have the saving grace of being really hard to make work, no matter the game size. Yeah, not only that, but it's it can super backfire rare. against you. Yeah, it's super rare, and from a super rare pack, it's not you know common at all. So that true, it's from the super rare pack from probably one of the two, if not the outright rarest set. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for super rare packs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's pretty much it um, for me anyway I was going to go over some comments from the latest miniature review I wrote but I'm going to I'm going to save that for another time because I haven't submitted that yet so I'll let people look that over I'm going to submit that tonight so look All at right. that it's a miniature review um, for anybody who's listening it's a miniature review on that mysterious island number two um, there's a lot of interesting combos in there I'm going to have to edit it tonight before I submit it because uh, Ulf is uh, um out uh out some of these things that I was trying to trying to break the game with essentially but but that'll be up and then I actually have a new fleet coming it's called land combat and <laughs> it uh it's basically it's it's totally stupid honestly um I'll admit that I'll be the first to admit it's basically trying to use bad maps which means that um you know that unique treasure I do and I've yeah. I've run into a couple good uses for it nice yeah, so basically you can, when it's discovered, uh, the other player can move an island 2L in any direction, the island that the UT was discovered on. So I combine that with um, with Great Turtles from Savage Shores, and then once islands have been moved after that, build forts on them, and then have them fire at enemy forts that were already on islands. So then you can have land combat. And then, and then you can introduce. You can, I know, it's so dumb. Um, like, I really like this. This yeah. is really stupid. Yeah, this so is dumb. really, really stupid. This yeah. is amazing. Yeah, and then, like I say in the fleet, 
you'll see it. I say, like, this fleet, it's dumb, and you're not even trying to win the game. Like, you're just trying to establish, like, a land combat game. <laughs> it's, it's just silly. Um, and then you can introduce Marines into the equation to make it even more extreme. Um, and I'm, what I want to find out from Wolf, the most extreme that I can think of is, you know, um, Fortaleza Dorada? It's the four that can be hit by L-Range cannons. So I'm going to get bad maps. I'm going to move an island um, right next to another island that has an enemy fort on it. And then I'm going to build Fortaleza Dorada on the island. And then I'm going to put a marine um, in the fort. So then the enemy fort with L-Range cannons, like maybe Paradis de la Mer even, um, can't shoot at the fort. And then they're, I don't know. The problem is I don't know if they can target the marine specifically um, inside the fort. But like theoretically, if the Marines in the fort, it should be protected by that ability. I don't know if it would be. Um, but then the best case scenario is we have a Marine shooting from inside Fortaleza Dorada at Paradis de la Mer, which of course has that defensive ability. <laughs> so it would take forever. I don't know if it would even work. I think you need a ship to support, um, the attack, but you basically have like a Marine trying to destroy Paradis de la Mer on adjacent wild islands. <laughs> so. I mean, that honestly is probably your best solution for destroying Paradis de la Mer. <laughs> but... Uh, it's never gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's uh, oh, wait. Is is it legal to ram a fort? No. You can't no? even... You're not even technically supposed to be able to dock at, a, at an enemy fort like the island is on. Hmm. Um... <laughs> I mean, otherwise, I'd have thought to myself, um, do you remember, what was that? It, I think it was called the Northumberland or something, that custom I made not too long ago. Okay. It's basically a flaming ship that set stuff on fire when it rammed it. Oh, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, yeah I, maybe group. I should come up with something like that, only you can just ram forts out of existence with it. <laughs> That'd be extreme, yeah. Yeah, all <laughs> right. I, I, I think... Um, I may have a couple of reviews coming at some point. Um, I just got HMS Mearsman from an eBay lot, and I'm actually thinking that it's probably one of the more interesting ships that we've ignored from Spanish Main. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And the review of that, maybe a fleet using it, will come along in the next couple of weeks just nice. because I'm kind of swamped with work right now and I'm going back to class as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. is that to consider? Yeah, cool. All right. Um, I don't really have much else to add. Uh, do you? I got nothing. All right, cool. All right, so thanks for listening. Uh, we finally got a shorter podcast in after a string of long ones, um, just over an hour. So next time we're going to do the South China Sea set review. We'd love to have you on as a guest if you want. Uh, but other than that, this was episode 11 of the Pirate CSG podcast. And thank you uh, for listening. <laughs>